Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, college football fans across the nation and around the world. This is a special Tim A podcast, my second one of the week, but I couldn't pass up this opportunity to uh, get a blast from the past who could give us, I don't know, some insight on what we might see on Friday night from the standpoint of this man has played against Clemson before. Uh, he's played against Clemson in a bowl game, uh, and uh, he's played in the Sugar Bowl before. Ladies and gentlemen, Doug Donnelly, White Lightning, welcome to the Tim May Podcast. Thank you, Tim. Good to be here. Hey, man. It seems like only yesterday, man, when we were watching you run around, catch passes in Ohio Stadium, et cetera. Time flies, doesn't it, my brother? Yeah, someone sent me a text the other day, and it was, what, 42 years ago or something? I'm like, man, that's, that's a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, hey, let's jump right into it, man. You know my, my premise here. I wanted to call you. I'm trying to get the root of Wild Ohio State. The one team it's never beaten that has played multiple times is a team named Clemson. You were on the field that night in 1978, you know, Arch Schleister, et cetera. Uh, that was a hell of a game. Uh, and uh, let's just jump right into it from the standpoint of strange things happened at the end of that game, as you well remember. Uh, and I'm blaming everything that's happened in these Clemson games since then on this. But, uh, you know, uh, Charlie Bauman intercepts Arch Schleister on that play. What people maybe don't remember is you were wide open down the right sideline, probably would have scored the go-ahead maybe probably the winning touchdown on that play if Art had seen you or had time to find you. Uh, but uh, I don't know, man. Do we trace this all back, this uh, this uh, this uh, era of uh, futility against Clemson? Do we trace it all back to that team and that game that night? What do you think, man? I don't know, man. It goes to Charlie. Uh, you know, that game was crazy. Like I said, that, on that play, I, you know, I was going down the sideline. I was. I was wide open. And when you watch the video, I, Art didn't even look. You know, he was, you know, trying to hit somebody, just a little running back going across uh, a little drag route. And, uh, yeah. and then Char- Charlie intercepts it. And, you know, the rest of the story, he gets tackled on our sideline. And then Woody takes a little, you know, love tap at him. So, uh, you know, that was yeah. uh, that was a crazy game. And, uh, you know, that I'll never forget that game. And then since then, we've just had bad luck against Clemson. It's been crazy game after crazy game. Yeah, you know, you know, seriously, I'm going to talk to you about that in a second. But because, uh, you know, Ohio State fans, you know, even the bad stuff, sometimes they like to talk about, you know what I mean by bad? I mean, you know, losing to Clemson. But that was Woody Hayes' last game as Ohio State coach because he was summarily, uh, depending on who you, who you want to believe, he was summarily fired or resigned, uh, retired, whatever, you know, within the next uh, 12 hours. But what do you remember about the last after – after that play, what do you remember about the last several minutes on the sideline and stuff? Uh, obviously, Woody got another unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. Tom Kuzna came over and I think politely told him to be quiet, <laughs> you know, but because uh, y'all, y'all had a chance to get the ball back, you know, if, you, if things had stayed a little more civil on the sideline. But what do you remember about that, uh, just that last, those last few minutes? You know, I, I came off the sideline, um, you know, I, like I said, I was on the field and yeah. – I saw all this commotion on the sideline. And so, you know, I'm just coming up the, the 
off the field, up the sideline on the, to our locker or to our uh, sideline. And I see all this commotion. I said, what happened? You know, and they said, well, what he hit a guy? And I'm like, okay, so what, you know, what's the big deal, right? He, <laughs> you know, he's punching somebody yeah. every day. And, yeah. uh, and, you know, I don't even remember the next series of events. The next thing I remember about the whole deal is Woody talking to us in the locker room after the game as to, you know, what happened and why he did it, which was a crazy story in itself. So, yeah, tell that story. Uh, what, what, why so, did he do so, it? So Woody, you know, he, he, he got us up in a huddle, you know, we all circled around him. He's in the middle. And when Woody talked, he always, he kind of whispered and he repeated himself a little bit. And so he said, everybody up here, everybody up here. So we all got in a huddle and he said, you probably think I'm sorry I hit that guy, don't you? Don't you? And we're kind of thinking, well, maybe national TV hit the guy on the other team. And uh, he goes, you know what? The Heine bastard, he had it coming. He had it coming. And he said, do you know why? Do you know why? And we're like, just waiting for this, right? And he says, because yeah. his great-great-grandfather killed my great-great-grandfather in the Civil War. So, you know, Woody... Wow. You know, he, he went into every game like it was a war. And, uh, and so that's, that's what he told us after the game. And then, you know, when we got on the plane, you know, we landed. And then Woody got up and got the intercom from the, what the stewardess used. And he said, hey, I'm, yeah. so lo no lo I'm sorry to announce I'm no longer the head coach of Ohio State. And, you know, the players sat there in shock. We just sat there. And I think it was 30 minutes before someone got up and started walking off the plane. So, wow. Really? Crazy. Seriously? I didn't realize yeah. that part. Hey, yeah. what, what, Doug, when he said, when he said his great, great grandfather killed my great, great grandfather, what did you think at that very moment? Like, whoa, I mean, what were you thinking? You, What's he you, talking about? I mean, what, what was what? the reaction to that? You know, you know, we've heard Woody talked to us so many times and told us so many different stories about general Patton and, and, you know, just such a yep. war buff. And so, um, you know, I just thought, you know, he believed in his mind going into the game that, you know, this was another war and, you know, just like the Civil War. And so, uh, wow. you, know, you know, we, we, we love hearing his stories and, you know, we chuckled at some of them. And, uh, but it really wasn't uh, that strange to, to me hearing him, you know, say that. So because yeah. I believe that in his mind, he, he believed that. <laughs> wow. Uh, wow. Wow. Uh. You know, I hadn't, heard, I hadn't heard that explanation before until just now because, you know, he never did apologize to, mm -mm. to, you know, he never did apologize for it. I mean, uh, no. it's interesting to me. Let me ask you, though, was there, was there a sense, you know, you were recruited by him. You were a freshman, what, in 77. If, I'm not, you know, you went to the Sugar Bowl, right, against Alabama right. and stuff. The, the first time Ohio State ever went to the Sugar Bowl, and uh, which now I think is its third most visited bowl game after the Rose Bowl and the Fiesta Bowl. But uh, – but I digress on that part. Uh, you know, did, did you sense that, that Woody or just that a change might be coming down the road? I mean, those, those first two years, what was, what was just your sense of what was going on in the program? Well, you know, when Woody, you know, was recruiting art, you know, and they really wanted art. Um, and yeah, know, that first year, uh, you know, I think it was hard on him because it was trying to change. He was trying to change his whole philosophy. And, and, you know, the first game, you know, Penn state, you know, art through what five interceptions or something. And, 
And so yeah. that, that was tough on Woody, you know, he'd moved Rod Gerald out. We'd got away from the, you know, Rod Gerald type option and, you know, passing seven, eight times a game. And, uh, and so, <laughs> you know, I think that was the beginning of the end right there. Um, you know, it was just Woody just feeling that pressure of just really not being himself as far as, you know, trying to let the reins go a little bit and let coach chomp, you know, open it up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, that's, 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 you know, Rick's current of, and I have had that conversation before and he says that about that, that those last couple of years too, that he wanted, you know, some guys go grudgingly into the future, you know what I mean? But uh, he wanted right. to get that uh, basically giddy up offense a little bit. You know, he said he was going to, y'all were going to throw the ball 25 or 30 times, I think was his quote uh, in that Gator Bowl, which was, you know, before the game, he said that. And then, then pretty much y'all, y'all did follow that game. But I mean, I think you caught two passes on the first drive or something, didn't you? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, you know, it was, it was fun when he actually started, you know, throwing the ball. Now our, our passing scheme was not real complicated, but at least yeah. we were throwing the ball. You know, yeah. if you look at what some of the other receivers, you know, before me, what they, their yearly total was, you know, 15, 16 catches for a season. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. so it was crazy. Hey, I want to get you this, you know, the Sugar Bowl trip. What do you remember about the Sugar Bowl trip the year before? Do you, you were on that trip, I'm sure. Uh, mm-hmm. Were you in Pat O'Brien's when uh, Woody showed up? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were sitting around the tables, you know, and they had little four tops, little round four tops. And, you know, guys have got hurricanes and those big glasses and, you know, drinking, just having a good time. They just look like fruit punch, right? And yeah. So, so somehow Woody found out there was alcohol in him and he was running from table to table and picking them up and pouring them into little tree wells. They had trees in Pat O'Brien's yeah. and he's, he's trying and guys are sucking the drinks down as fast as they can. So, you know, but that's, you know, that's the, the naivety of Woody, right? It was just so great. I mean, I remember we were um, in a movie, you know, we used to go to a movie every, every night, Friday night before a game. And we went and, um, watched a movie called Slapshot, and there's a yeah. scene in the movie where all the guys in their in the on the bus, you know, pull down their doors and shoot a moon out the window. And when Woody saw that, he jumped up, made us all leave the the movie theater, and 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 went to the general manager and just just you know berated him for showing that kind of stuff on there. So it's pretty wow. funny. I mean, I've heard about him in movies before, but uh, you know, remember uh, Easy Rider? Remember when it came out? You weren't around then, but somebody decided they were going to. He didn't like that one either. You know, hey, real quick story. Uh, I was at two quick stories. I was in Pat O'Brien's, uh, just like you guys were, and uh, and uh, I had never been there before, and I uh, got a got a got a hurricane, drank it pretty quickly, got another one. I'm sitting in that piano bar. Remember, he had a piano bar. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and I'm sitting with a bunch of my buddies. And I drank the second one fairly quickly. And I said, well, you know what? I'm going to head back to the hotel. And I stood up and I hovered for like two seconds and sat back down. And I didn't move again for like two hours. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? Yeah. laughs> no, one in the hurricanes, man. It didn't go over yeah. really good. Oh, uh, that's hilarious. <laughs> hey, but, you know, uh, real quick, though, you know, it's, it's what I want to get to you. I mean, you know, obviously I'm, I'm kind of joking about the curse, but there has been something weird about these Clemson games, uh, the last three of them especially. Uh, you know, uh, uh, the game they had they, they had control of down in the Orange Bowl back in 2013 season, and uh, Corey Philly Brown muffs a punt, and uh, at the same time Braxton Miller's had his shoulder hurt, and next thing you know, 
you know, Clemson comes back and wins that game, and they had some great players on that team. And then, and then of course, the 31-0 to game in the college football playoff semifinal back in 2016 season. But then last year, you watched that game. Matter of fact, you were there, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Matter of yeah. fact, if I'm, not, if, not, if I'm not mistaken, my buddy Jeff Snook, and I don't know if you've ever met Jeff Snook, but uh, yeah. yeah, we yeah. thought we saw you at the Camelback. Were you staying at the Camelback? Yeah, I was. Yeah, yeah. We, but we didn't want to. We saw you from afar, and then we went to. We were going to go come up and say hi to you, but we, you had already you'd already moved on and stuff. But uh, I knew you were there and stuff. But uh, you saw how bizarre that game was. I mean, oh. from from the from the last play where Olave broke off his route and you know uh, Justin threw threw what was going to be a touchdown pass in my opinion because Olave was one on one with maybe their fourth or fifth best defender. But the game, you know, where. The uh, Clemson had a, a pass catch where Jeffrey Okuda ripped the ball out and Ohio yep. State scooped and scored. And they went to video replay review, which I think was done in Birmingham, Alabama, yeah. and wiped out. What did you, what are you sitting there? Are you sitting there scratching your head as a fan thinking, what, what the hell's going on? Well, what, were, what were you thinking? Yeah, you just wonder how, how they make that call and who's making that call. And are they looking at the same thing we're looking at? You know, yeah. it just seems so obvious. And, you know, you see, you see calls like that. I saw one today on a game, and I'm just like, how do you make that call? And it just, it's just, it just goes to what you're saying is just the weirdness of this, you know, this rivalry, I guess. It's now become a, you know, a pretty good rivalry. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, and Dabo stirring the pot this, you know, voting Ohio yeah. State 11th. I'm going, you know, if you're voting them 11th, why don't you just vote them 20th, you know, or 30th? I mean, what, you know, if you don't think they're they're qualified to be in the top 10, it's almost like he made them the number one of the second 10, you know. But, you know, what, you as a former player and stuff, would that stir you a little bit? What would it do for you uh, heading well, into this game? Let me tell you, Tim, if, if that doesn't get those guys – I mean, look, you're already playing at a high-intensity level because it's a big game. But when someone says that and, and disrespects you, you play at another level where you've got that adrenaline where you're picking a car off somebody. Yeah. You know, so I really do expect that Ohio state goes and plays at a a higher level intensity wise because of that. There's no doubt. Um, So that, you know, that, you know, people say, you know, it's one thing to have bulletin board material about one guy, but he disrespected the whole team, you know, by saying that they're number 11. So yeah. I have a hard time believing it. And, you know, Clemson's a talented team, and they may be more talented than Ohio State. I don't know. Um, but I can tell you what, I got to believe Ohio State's going to come after them. Yeah. Well, you know what you saw last year, same thing I saw. Uh, Ohio State off and on shoved them all over the field, you know, but settled yeah. for a yeah. couple, three field goals, which really hurt Ohio State in the end because a couple of plays just didn't click. And But that offensive line had a, a nice night against them. This is a really good Ohio State offensive line. I expect them to go at them. Uh, in the same way, uh, you know, kind of a, a mixed bag, whatever. But I, I expect Ohio State to move the ball on these guys. I, I think it could be a similar game to last year, maybe even more high scoring, which just kind of what's your take on that? Yeah, you know, I think Ohio State's running game has, you know, come on the last couple of games. So that's that's yep. been good. And uh, so, yeah, I expect it to be a high scoring game. You know, they've got to contain, you know, you know, the QB, you know, Lawrence and uh, um you know, and I think the defense just got to put pressure on him and, and contain him. And uh, yeah. I, I don't think we're going to have a problem scoring. I really don't. Yeah. Hey, uh, Doug, how much would you have liked to have played in the – I'm not knocking the era you played in, but the Urban Meyer, uh, but especially the Ryan Day era, uh, you know, usually 25 to 30 passes minimum 
et cetera. Spread the ball around for the most part. Uh, although he definitely missed Chris Olave in that last game, you can tell uh, that Justin Fields did. But man, do you ever do you ever go? Because you know, when you left Ohio State, you were the career leading receiver, if I remember correctly, with 102 catches. You know, in yep. your career, yep. which was phenomenal. You know, when you think about Woody Hayes' teams. Of course, your last two were played under Earl Bruce, but uh, and he did open it up quite a bit. Uh, you know, you got to admit that. But uh, what would it have been like to play in this offense, you know, from a receiver standpoint? You know, I only think about that daily, you know. <laughs> um, you know, three and four wide, you know. And, you know, and we had some receivers, you know, with Rod and myself and, and Gary yeah. Williams. And, you know, spreading the field out like that, it just would have been, it would have been, you know, and the way Art could throw the ball, it would have been a dream. And we just could have been moving the ball you know, up and down the field. Um, but, you know, that mentality, I remember when we played Penn State, even under Earl, you know, I caught two touchdown passes the first half and we were moving the ball and Earl comes in at halftime and says, we got to get back to the running attack, you know. And so it, it's something that's in the air there, you know. And, and so now you see where that's kind of gone. And they're, you know, they've got a great passing attack, great receivers and quarterbacks. And so, yeah, it would have been uh, – it would have been a joy because we had the, we had the personnel, you know, we had good tight ends and good receivers and, and, you know, we could have been crazy moving the ball up and down the field, but that just, you know, it just wasn't going to happen. It wasn't, it, you know, Woody fought it and even Earl fought it, you know? Yeah. So it was tough. That is funny. You brought that up because Ryan, Ryan Day was the exact opposite. You watched that game last week. I'm sure like I, you know, like everybody did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, it was obvious that they were shoving Northwestern around up front, but he was bound and determined that Justin have a game, you know, but I mean, but the passing game uh, clicked, you know, eventually he thought it would click. And then finally, even my wife is screaming, Hey, run the ball, you know, run the ball. And uh, right. finally second right. half they did. And, but, but it, you know what? I'd rather have a coach who thinks like that. I mean, only, I don't know if you agree, but modern day, you've got to be able to throw the ball, you know, you've you got to have a, over-the-top, big-time passing attack. And if you look at the – actually, all four of these teams are in the final four. I would put Notre Dame in this regard of how they attack, et cetera, on offense. They all can throw the ball. And, you know, Alabama – I grew up in Alabama before we moved to Texas. That was my team when I was a little bitty kid and uh, Bear Bryant, et cetera. But this is the best Alabama offense I've ever seen, you know. And I've been yeah. studying it forever. And I thought this was going to be right up there Ohio State-wise with that. But the – they haven't had enough games. Like I had Eddie George on last week on my podcast, and they haven't really had enough games to really kind of get their feet under them. You know, Trey Sermon finally came out of the shell, you know, uh, right. last week and stuff. But, uh, you know, it, what, what do you think? They've played six games to now. Um, how tough is that on this team to, to really know what it's all about headed into a game like this? You know, six games is hard. I mean, that's just, you know, you really start getting, you know, after that seven eight nine you know that's when you're kind of getting into your groove and 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 you know so it's just not a real good you know not a lot of reps and and uh you know so it's tough I think it's a disadvantage to Ohio State quite honestly and uh you know yeah. I mean you can look at it that it's, it's a positive maybe because they they're not as beat up or whatever but I'd rather have those games under my belt and you know the familiarity with the you know the game reps you know because that's what's so yeah. critical you know the game reps hey your kids uh your kids uh put his fortunes in the in the in the hands of uh of uh luke fickle etc at cincinnati how, how, how good do you feel about that good we uh you know got a great great staff down there they got yeah. a great culture 
you know, they're, uh, you know, they're, they're building that program and they're going to continue to build it with good players. And, uh, you know, uh, Coach Fickle is just great. And he's got a great staff around him. And again, the culture they've built in that rock locker room is, is, is unique. And it's not easy to build a good culture like that. And so um, I'm excited for Drew to go there and be a part of that. Yeah. Well, his, his video, man, his video jumps out at you. That's all I got to say. Kind of like white yeah. lightning, too. <laughs> yeah. White lightning, too. Did you like that nickname? Yeah, I did. That was fun. Yeah. Yeah, that was back in the good old days, man. You know, I swear to yeah. goodness. I mean, uh, Thanksgiving, y'all yeah. even had theme songs. Okay, you know, people writing songs about you on the radio. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that was back, yeah. you know. Many members would like this, man. You could have made a fortune back then, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. They just call me white now. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, last couple things. It, it, Advantage Ohio, what, what's that all about? That's your company and stuff. And what, 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 do you, what, what, what are you involved in there? Sure. So Advantage, when people see that email, they think uh, I left off the O for Ohio. But uh, the HIO stands for hole-in-one. So we're, we're a hole-in-one company, uh, sports indemnity. So we ensure hole-in-one contest, uh, NBA half-court basketball shots, field goal kicks, things like that that people do. And so um, we work with you know, dealerships and companies that are putting on big promotions or just having a golf tournament where someone have a chance to win a, a brand new car by hitting a hole-in-one. So we yeah. ensure those, yeah. Like y'all are like the Lloyds of London of, of sporting events. Exactly. exactly. Hey, the exactly. Titanic is never gonna sink, man. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Uh, yeah. No, hey, it's funny because uh, I've I've taken part in a bunch of those. I knew this what this was about, but uh, I've taken a part part in a bunch of those kind of promotions and stuff. And believe, believe me, you have nothing to fear when I'm on the tee. That's for damn sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, Doug, let, last thing. I mean, I, I this is my own opinion. I've been covering Ohio State since 1984. Been around it since '76 when I moved to Ohio, and I. I even wrote a story about you one time a long time ago when you were at school. I'd help out a little bit, you know, in the coverage before I became the beat writer. But uh, uh, I, I, I'm contending that this is the real golden era of Ohio State football. It's just people are living in it right now. But when you look at what they've done to the, as they call them, the team up north, you know, 17 and two the last 19 years, as I've said, they're going to play Clemson more times in these two seasons than they played Michigan, you know, which, right. which shows you how weird it is. But, I mean, you know, Jim Trussell and, and then Urban Meyer and now Ryan Day and then Luke, you know, that one year, I mean, he had a tough road to hoe there. But uh, uh, but this, as you look at it from afar, this this is pretty damn good what's going on here, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, they're they're the elite of the elite. You know, they're they're above, you know, them and Alabama. And, and you know, I, I don't know that Clemson's done it as long as we have. But yeah, it's it's definitely the golden era. And that's evident by, you know, look at the recruiting classes, you know, and, and who they're bringing in. And, yeah. um, you know, you look at Quinn Ewers coming in, you know, he's he's going to be one of the best quarterbacks that ever played there. You know, I, I know Quinn and how good he is. And, you know, they're just attracting talent because they've got a great staff, you know, they got a, an exciting offense, you know, they get after it defensively, they put out, you know, pro players, and that's what people are attracted to. And so Ohio State's not one dimensional anymore. And, uh, you know, it, it's an attractive place to come because they know they're going to be playing, you know, good chance for that national championship. And that's what people want. Yeah, you know, Quinn Ewers, as you're talking about, was committed to Texas. He's from South Lake Carroll. High school. I, I think he got hurt in the middle of this season, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, yep. tell He's people back. about 
what he's all about. And number two, like you just point out, he's the best quarterback maybe in, in the, in the country coming out next year. But on top of that, definitely maybe the best player in Texas and Ohio state, you know, keeps going to Texas and getting these guys. That's kind of crazy, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's a funny story. You know, when, when we came up to a camp, I came up with Drew, Drew sophomore year and Quinn came up with us and he was a freshman. And, you know, we were, we were in the indoor facility where they were, you know, looking at guys that they were looking at. And yeah, Quinn exactly. was out there. Quinn was out there with the masses, right? With the football yeah. camp. And I told um, the OC, I said, you need to go get this kid out here and get him in here. And they got him in and watched him throw. And he was a freshman. And you just, you really can't believe how good he is. Um, yeah. You know, he's, he's got, he throws a 50 yard ball like Tiger Woods is hitting a pitching wedge, man. He's just, yeah. uh, it's a thing of beauty. Yeah. He's good. He's yeah. good. Well, so, you know yeah. What? So, so yeah, you get, I mean, yeah. you get him from Texas, right. But you know, again, yeah. look, look, look at Texas and what they've done or haven't done in the last, you know, 10 or so years, 15 years, you know, so yeah. Ohio state's attractive. <laughs> That's good. I was going to say, it's kind of the brand, like the Dallas Cowboys words you found out. You know what I mean? Yep, American yep, team. I mean, exactly. it really is. It's it's more universal than any of these. You know, I think I think it's right up there, if not, you know, surpassed Notre Dame in terms of like, you know, I'm talking about universal appeal and uh, recognition. I mean, it's, you know, in Alabama, you know, obviously Alabama is Alabama, but, uh, you know, Ohio State has this international appeal. I mean, people Without watch my doubt. podcast all, from all over the world and, you know, they – tune into games, et cetera. And it's, it is interesting to be a part of that, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. And like you say, the brand, you know, and it, it, you know, you compared it to the Dallas Cowboys and I mean, it is, I mean, you know, I'm down here in Texas and if I go somewhere and travel and I got a high state Jersey or hat on, you know, people are, you know, always saying something about it. Right. So yeah. they're, you know, and, um, you know, they're getting to that point where some people love to hate them because they're so popular and, and so good, you know. So when you get there, you know you've made it when you got, you know, people hating you. <laughs> Took the words right out of my mouth. Hey, real quick, I can't, I can't let you go without asking, uh, you know, you and passing attack and, and uh, you know, and we all know, I mean, he had a hell of a career at Ohio State, let's put it that way, or have you been in touch? I mean, do you keep up with him at all? Have you been in touch with him at all? I mean, I know you understand his plight, et cetera, but uh, just just what's your take on what, what's going on with him, you know, in, yeah. in his life? You know, Art, Art and I, you know, we were connected at the hip. You know, we, uh, you know, we spent a lot of time together, you know, working out together and, and in the off season. And, you know, my parents went to away games with their parents. And so, yeah. yeah. And so to, you know, obviously to watch, you know, what happened to Art and what unfolded in his, his career and his life, you know, is, is very disappointing. And I've tried to stay in touch with, um, you know, him through other uh, avenues. You know, Jeff Schnook has stayed in touch with him a lot. And so I, I talk yeah. with Jeff a lot to find out how Art's doing and when he's getting out and those type of things. And, uh, you know, it, it's hard to be able to, you know, communicate with him, you know, yeah. in his current situation but yeah um and I talk about him to you know some other teammates you know still close with a lot of guys and talk on a regular basis so yeah it's a it's a sad situation um but uh you know I'm hoping he gets out and I hope he you know he's healthy enough where he can you know um you know spend the 
the last part of his life, you know, doing something productive. Yeah, no kidding, man. I mean, I, I know him extremely well uh, uh, for a lot of reasons, but, uh, and, you know, Jeff Snook's one of my best friends. And, uh, matter of fact, I was just up at his cabin a couple of weeks ago up at Charles Mill Lake, but uh, uh, he's got a, he's, he calls it his summer home. You know, he's got the place in West Palm or Atlantis down there in Florida. He's, he's a oh, great nice. guy, as you well know. Hey, yeah. um, Last thing, what do you think about this group of receivers, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, another kid from Texas, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. matter of fact, about eight miles or 10 miles from the uh, University of Texas, uh, Garrett Wilson from Lake Travis there. But uh, just what, what do you think about this group that, you, that you've been able to watch from afar? Well, you know, they're just so talented and, and they, they come in and they're just ready to play, you know, ready to play early. And, you know, the only negative is there's just not enough balls to go around. I mean, look what, you know, the McLaren did at, at Washington, you know, and see how he, you know, he had a good career at Ohio State, but he's yeah. one of the best, you know, rookies in the NFL. And so, um, you know, they're just attracting the, the top receivers and, you know, and they got a great coach at Heartline and, uh, um, you know, throwing the ball. I just, I almost wish they would, you know, of course I'm a receiver. I wish they'd throw it more because, you yeah. know, you can't, you can't cover those guys. You know, there's so many of them and they got, you know, guys sitting on the bench waiting to, to play. Um, and uh, it's exciting. They, 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 they're talented. Yeah. That's, that's what urban, urban, urban Meyer calls it, you know, feeding the hands. I mean, you've got so many talented guys there. You don't want people to become disillusioned. You know, you want them to feel like they're part of the, uh, you know, whatever the attack, the plan or whatever. And it's tough tough to spread the ball around like that you know i mean uh but they do try the <laughs> they didn't try that hard when you were there i don't think no no i wish they would have tried a little harder <laughs> but when i talk to guys like jimmy moore and jimmy harrell and they talk about you know their their career receptions i guess i i, I feel pretty fortunate that i got you know 106 receptions that i got i think so <laughs> yeah 106 instead of six beats is is always a hell of a lot better right exactly. hey doug let's, let's, let's go go yeah. ahead man no, I said, and, and so I look at the guys now, and, you know, they're catching that in a season, you know, so it's oh, just yeah. nuts. Yeah. Paris Campbell, I mean, had a hell of a year a couple of years ago. I mean, it's just, I mean, and the, what do you think about Brian Hartline and the way he's bringing them along? Is that, is that, do you think that was a, a great hire by Ohio State? What's your take on that? Yeah, Brian, you know, he's, he's intense, you know, he obviously knows the position, he played it, um, and, uh, you know, he, he, you know, look, people are coming there that, you know, you hate to say that guys are coming to play college football as a stepping stone, you know, to the next level, because, you know, just not many of them do that. It's a small percentage, but yeah. they all have that goal. And so I think they feel like Ohio State is, as a receiver, is one of the best opportunities to do that. And and a big part of that is, you know, is someone there that can develop you and, and, and you know, take you to the next step. And I think they feel the heartline can do that. And, and, you know, I'm sure that he can, I've spent some time with him and obviously he, he knows what he's doing and, and, you know, the guys feel like they can learn something from him. So that's why he's recruiting so well. Yeah. Hey, one quick sugar bowl story from me again, that the game you guys were down there, Billy Hill told me this story. He said, uh, y'all went out to eat one night somewhere and, and there were ribs or something on the menu, and Woody could couldn't eat them. I mean, he couldn't he couldn't handle whatever it was, and it was kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back, I guess, that week for him. You know about what was going on and et cetera, and uh, and said 
he, he called called Billy up to the up to the table where he was eating. He goes, Billy Hill. He goes, I've just about had enough of this. He goes, You're fired, man. Because I guess Billy was in charge of setting up the meals or whatever. You remember Billy Hill, right? Oh yeah, I remember Billy. Yeah. Anyway, so Billy says, so he goes, well, I'm, I'm, he, as he says, I got fired again, you know, and, <laughs> and so he said he's sitting there in his room sleeping at about uh, two o'clock in the morning and his phone rings. Y'all were staying in that, uh, what was the name of that hotel? Uh, right oh. there. Uh, yeah, anyway, I I'll think of it in a minute. It's the Monteleon, no, it's something like that. But anyway, yeah. uh, and he says his phone rings and it's Woody and he goes, Billy Hill, get up to my room right now. He goes. I can't sleep. And so <laughs> Billy goes, uh, but coach, you fired me. He goes, get, get up here anyway. So he goes up to his room. And he says, knocks on the door. And I think it was Woody's sister that he had a suite, you know, and uh, Woody's sister answered the door and, and Billy goes in, he says, and, and Woody is sitting there and he's in a bathrobe and uh, he's got a pitcher and a cup of coffee sitting on the table. He goes, Billy, I am so upset with the way with that dinner tonight and the way things are going. He goes, I had to fire you, man. I had to fire you, but I'm just so upset now. I can't sleep. And Billy says, well, coach, probably the reason you can't sleep is because you're drinking coffee at two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and he goes, Billy Hill, you're fired again. Get out of my room. And <laughs> Billy left. He was laughing. Now, that's like that Lou Hope story, you know, about the O.J. Simpson. Why did he go 68 yards, you know, 72 yards? That's all he had to go, coach. I don't believe that actually happened, but it's still funny, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Billy, Woody, uh, Billy was one of a kind, though. You got to admit that. Oh, Billy, you know, not much. I don't think too many things shook Billy. He's, he'd seen no. it all. And so he Good. couldn't get shook up about anything. Yeah, know? he was a corpsman. He was a corpsman in Vietnam, man. He pulled guys out of yes. the bush who were yes. wounded. I mean, boy, that, that's a – you and I could do a whole other podcast just on Billy Hill. I mean, he's one of my no favorite kidding. people I've ever met. Hey, well, Doug, oh, last thing. Let me, let's get out of here, but on this last thing, uh, so how do you think this game will go on, on – because I know you study it a little bit, man. You, you keep yeah. up with it. I mean, you were interested enough to go to a bowl game last year. You know what I'm saying? Uh, how yeah. do you think this is going to play out, really? Well, you know, it, it comes down to, you know, turnovers, obviously, and not making mistakes. But, you know, when they get down there, when they get down to the, uh, you know, red zone, they can't get field goals. You know, yeah. they've, they've got to kick – they've got to get in the end zone. And that's what happened to them last year. You know, they got down there a couple times and they, they kicked field goals. And so, um, you know, and I'm, that's probably the one stat I'm not sure how Ohio State fares in the red zone, but they've got to figure out a way when they get down there, you know, in the 10-yard line and then they've got to get in the end zone because yeah. I can assure you Clemson's going to, you know, score when they get down there. So, and again, I, I think the X factor is going to be, I think Ohio State's got a little chip on their shoulder, you know, not only from last year, but, you know, the, the 11th ranking deal, you know. So, um, you know, I know I know Clemson's favored, but I think Ohio State's going to win. Ladies and gentlemen, Doug Donnelly, one of my favorite players uh, when he was playing, he didn't know that, but uh, it was always great to watch him run. Uh, catch the ball, et cetera. And uh, uh, Doug, thanks for joining the Tim May podcast, man. You bet, Tim. Thank you. I wish you the best on the new year. Thank you. Same to you, man. And ladies and gentlemen, get ready. The, uh, the Sugar Bowl, Ohio State versus Clemson, Act 5 is right around the corner. We'll talk about it next week. See you then. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.